Welcome in. Good to have you. It is an exciting day. It is day one of the NFL season. And uh, I am uh, biting my fingernails only for the fact that uh, I'm a little bit nervous uh, because the tight end that I picked up is now questionable <laughs> for the game coming up tonight. Joining us now on the on the hotline is uh, our guy, and uh, we'll we'll talk with Paul uh, coming up here in just a few. So stay tuned. Uh, I know he's he was on, then he uh, was off, so we got to get him back on. But Paul will be joining us coming up here in just a couple of minutes. We'll try to get to all of your questions as well, as we got a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. We've got some emails that have come in. We've got some questions over on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, for people that, uh, you know, chimed in and want to have some fantasy questions. So we'll try to answer all of those, Dalton and Sean and everybody. So that's all coming up uh, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, this portion of the program, by the way, uh, brought to you by our uh, great friends over there at uh, the Social House. Dan Dellen and the staff, he, Dan called and said, hey, uh, I want to remind people, obviously, they're going to have the game on coming up tonight. They've got different things going on. They've got bag tournaments going on during games over the weekends they have just keep checking the uh, the website over there social house h-a-u-s h-a-u-s and uh, over on lisbon road menominee falls and uh, he said that uh, they're going to have a bunch of different events happening uh during the games uh coming up uh, not only tonight but uh, on the weekends and such so there's going to be a lot of good uh, a lot of good stuff happening in that in that realm we'll talk with paul charchi coming up here just momentarily momentarily i think we got charge on now we got charge. Is Paul here? I believe, yeah, he's ready to go. He just needed a sec to get all of his uh, his details in order because he's probably that, only had fine. about a hundred people ask him about Travis Kelsey today. He's got to answer them all, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I'm going to be one of them because uh, Charge, how you doing, pal? Uh, I'm good. Nice, uh, nice. Job. I'm sorry, I wasn't. I was not able to go top of the hour, but let's. Uh, That's okay. We'll make up for lost time, my man. It's football season. We're ready. It's football it's season, here. and. I, uh, I have followed you down that primrose path. I went right for Travis Kelsey. I grabbed the tight end right away on your advice. And, mm-hmm. damn it, uh, he's banged up. So uh, my question is, because of where I'm at right now, should I conti- can still, or do, is it a game-time decision, obviously, with Travis Kelsey, uh, or do I consider moving him and putting yeah, him on the bench would, and going uh, with someone else? Yeah, so you know this thing's really it's it does it's not great. So even if he's active, obviously if he's out, then you got to you're gonna have to go to somebody else. You could go to Noah Gray, uh, the backup, which would make some sense and that'd be fine. Um, or I think a better alternative is Logan Thomas, the Washington tight end, who you know Eric Bieniemy is the new offensive coordinator in Washington. Eric Bieniemy knows how to scheme open a tight end. And a juicy matchup with the Cardinals that look like the NFL's worst team. They allowed the most tight end receptions and the most tight end touchdowns last year. So Logan Thomas is the official advice for where to pivot to. Now, what happens if Kelsey is active for this game? You still might want to go to Logan Thomas because it maybe Kelsey's active, but they don't use him. And maybe they don't have to use him. Maybe they get out ahead and it doesn't even matter. Maybe Kelsey doesn't run all the routes he would normally run. Maybe he runs half of them. Maybe Kelsey has, uh, you know, has a setback on it and can't finish the game. You know, maybe gets knocked out early. I mean, there's a lot of things. Well, always this thing can go haywire, even if Kelsey plays. So I'm saying, you know what? Just play it safe. You got Logan Thomas available in 98% of leagues. Just go get Logan Thomas and just go start him in a juicy matchup and see. You know, we'll we'll wait a week on Kelsey. 
So I uh, got a question here, and this is from Anthony, who's same thing. With Travis Kelsey said, should I put in Waller and Higby? I uh, wanted the tight end and wanted the flex position. Uh, yes, on Waller, for sure. He's going to be an every-week starter, and he could be the highest-scoring tight end this year. I mean, that's, you know, where Darren Waller is in New York, they've built a whole offense around him. They gave up a lot to get him. He's the best receiver on the team, and you're going to start him every single week because he's great. Now, with Higby in, in L.A., no Cooper Cup. So where's that, you know, where are, where are passes going to go? You know, Higby gets a bump, you know, we never root for injury, but Higby's going to be a benefactor from that. And while he was, he's always been a very inconsistent producer, this seems like a spot where maybe you could get a little something done. Seattle middle of the pack uh, tight end defense last year, and that's the opponent here in week one, but just feel like without Cup, they're going to have to make do with other guys, including Tyler Higby. Uh, Miller writes, and this is something that you and I kind of had on the sheet uh, this morning, but Miller writes, uh, with Stephon Diggs, who he has as his top wide receiver, he's going to be going against Sauce Gardner. Do Mm -hmm. I start Stephon Diggs, or do I consider sitting him for some of my other wide receivers because Sauce Gardner is so good? Sauce Gardner is so good. Uh, And what a matchup of egos this is. Diggs versus Sauce Gardner. Um, Okay, so this is probably Diggs' toughest matchup of the year. He's at the Jets. He was held scoreless in both matchups with the Jets last year, Bill. And then in the most recent meeting, week 14, Stefan Diggs just put up three catches for 37 yards. That's it. Now, Sauce plays one half of the field. He basically erases the left half of the field. Get this. In his coverage last year, Sauce Gardner allowed per-game averages of 21 receiving yards and 0.1 touchdowns. That's it. I mean, it's just there's you get nothing on that guy. That was him as a rookie, so he's obviously fantastic. You could say, well, then I'll just throw you know they'll run digs on the other side of the field. Well, that isn't great either. DJ Reed's over there, and he was great. He ranked 15th among cornerbacks by Pro Football Focus in coverage. He's also very good. There is no easy matchup here. This is a tough spot. You kind of have to start Diggs because he's he's Stephon Diggs, and you know you took him in the first round or the early second round. But just is it's a tough it's a tough spot right here. Uh, Lucas wants to know Garrett Wilson or Jerry Judy in a non PPR league. Jerry Judy's not playing. So that's, that's the end of that. He's not going to play in this game. There's optimism. He could be back as early as week two. Uh, so that was an easy one. Uh, I am not going to, by the way, (laughs) uh, give me an either or, or maybe one of three. I've got somebody that just sent us seven, seven names. We're not, we're not, that ain't going to happen. I'm not even going to do that. (laughs) That uh, That's not great. Hey, hey, can we talk, can we talk Jordan Love for a minute? Yeah, let's do that. I was just going to go there. All right, good. I mean, you know, like you guys never talk Jordan Love, right? You know, first right. of all, you know, I'm a Vikings fan. I've waited my entire adult life for Green Bay not to have a Hall of Fame quarterback. So I'm, I'm highly invested in this. Um, Chicago's defense feels like a pretty nice spot uh, for Love, provided, of course, you've got receivers to throw to. You know, the, we're, we're tracking Watson and Dobbs, and I don't know that we have any new news on them from today's practice yet, right? I assume we don't. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Okay. All right. So here's what, here's what we do know. They've got Chicago's got this super young secondary that frankly was not that good last year. Maybe all those guys get a little better in their, as with another year under their belt. It's mostly the same secondary, although not entirely, including one, one new cornerback that's going to be a rookie. Um, Chicago ranked dead last in pass rush last year by pro football focus. Love's going to have time in the pocket, but maybe even more importantly from a fantasy standpoint, Bill. 
the Bears allowed the most quarterback rushing attempts and the most quarterback rushing touchdowns. I think Love's gonna. I think Love's gonna have some some real success on the ground. You know, you guys know that he's got he's got mobility nationally. They don't really know that Love is that Love's a guy that's gonna chip in 20, 30, 40 yards most games, and this is gonna be one of those games. Uh, Austin says uh, Jordan Addison or Mike Evans. So let's talk Jordan Addison here in Minnesota. He had a fantastic training camp, and what we saw from him in, in limited preseason action was very promising. He's going to walk right into the routes vacated by Adam Thielen. And Thielen was a fantasy star because of his touchdown scoring and how they used him in goal-to-go situations. Over the past five years, the only wideout with more goal-to-go touchdowns was Devontae Adams. And, and Addison's got the similar skill set to Adam Thielen and he's going to run those routes, and I think he's going to be an immediate impact player. Now, that said, it's Mike Evans against a terrible Viking secondary, or let's call it a rebuild Viking secondary that was terrible last year and might be terrible this year. We don't know. I've got him way up at wide receiver 11 this week, so you're starting Mike Evans, but make no mistake, everything, everything we've seen to this point on Jordan Addison looks very promising for his NFL career. Uh, in a keeper league, Travis says, would you pick up Jaden Reed or Zay Flowers? Uh, he says he do- already has Love, Watson, Jones, Musgrave, uh, and Carlson. Um, well, you know, you you guys are tracking uh, Reed closely there and may have to be, you know, make it push into the starting lineup if, if he wouldn't necessarily otherwise be as early as this coming weekend, right? But right. – uh, the oh, I'm sorry. Who was the other guy he asked? About? It was Reed or oh Zay Flowers, right? Zay, Zay Flowers, Flowers yeah. looks great. Yeah, he looks great. So with Zay Flowers is going to be he's going to be a slot receiver who's going to catch a lot of short passes. He gets great separation in space, um, and he can do a little something after the catch. Lots of short stuff. If if you just want your sure thing guy, I think Zay Flowers is the guy. If you want more upside, I think Reed's got more upside, but. He's got a trickier path to starting time. Zay Flowers is their starting slot receiver week one. Is what is Reed? Uh, what is Reed? How much? How many snaps do you think Reed gets this week? Well, if he if you don't have Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs or they're limited, I think he gets a bunch. He was pretty impressive yeah. in uh, preseason, and uh, which is the next question because uh, Keith says he's got Amra St. Brown uh, going against that uh, that Chiefs defense tonight, or would you play Jaden Reed because he's going against the Bear defense and you've got Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs possibly out? You never bench Amon Ross St. Brown. He is awesome. He is so good. I don't. I would not mess around with that at all. So, yeah, don't uh, – Amon Ross St. Brown is – he might lead the league in receptions this year. It's yep. – uh, yeah, uh, don't Which I yeah. agree with. Yep. Uh, let me ask you a couple other things here, Charge, before we, we cut you loose and, and some of the other things that we were talking about. You go back to Jordan Love, and we were talking about uh, quarterback play uh, in the NFC, and I want to get your thoughts as to the best quarterback because there was a big argument uh, yesterday at the end of the show about the better quarterback in, in the NFC North uh, because Justin Fields coming in with a lot of pressure to prove himself and pass out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love obviously taking over for the Hall of Famers. The numbers that have been put up, by both uh, Jared Goff and uh, Kirk Cousins. Who's the best quarterback in the NFC North? Well, it's Kirk Cousins. I don't think it's even – I mean, is it even really much of a discussion? You know, oh, oh, so over the, past, over the past eight years, he has, more, he has more touchdowns than any quarterback that's still active. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, I, don't know what, I don't know what more that guy's got to do to convince people that, that he's a good quarterback. Just every year 
4,300 yards, 30 touchdowns, just year in, year out, never gets hurt. Throws a way better deep ball than, than Goff does. Uh, rallying his team to all those those amazing comebacks last year. I, you know, Goff had a nice season last year. It, it was a good season. Kirk Cousins is the best is the best passer in this league, and maybe Justin Fields will turn out to be, or Jordan Love will turn out to be the best quarterback overall with their rushing and other things they can do. But right now, I, you know, Kirk's Kirk's great. Uh, you talked about a few guys, maybe undrafted, that if you're looking to scoop up a couple of sleepers that might be out there, give them to us. Yeah, yeah, including you for your uh, your guillotine league team. You might want to look I and know. see if these guys are available. Uh, Denver wide receiver, rookie receiver Marvin Mims. This is the second-round rookie from Oklahoma. Gets, he's, he's super fast, a field-stretching guy. Get this, last two years he averaged 20 and 22 yards per reception insane that's marvin mims he's the starter jerry judy's out even when jerry judy comes back he's going to be a starter uh giants wide receiver isaiah hodgins now darren waller is the go-to receiver for the giants but hodgins is probably the best wide receiver on the giants and because the team's got this backlog at slot receiver and he plays on the outside he's gonna be on field all time and then facing the vikings week one take a look at tampa bay running back sean tucker he was a star at Syracuse, ripping off big plays, massive acceleration, good hands, but he went undrafted because of a heart condition, which appears to be perfectly fine, and it looks like a timeshare in Tampa between him and the starter, Rashad White. So Sean Tucker is the other guy to look for. What are you, uh, what are you kind of looking for for tonight? Because we talked about Travis Kelsey. Uh, mm-hmm. The Chiefs, as you know, uh, and you talked a little bit about uh, the little bit different look for uh, guys for Patrick Mahomes to throw to. There's a lot of uh, – Jameer Gibbs uh, could get a, a lot of run tonight and allow him to yeah. kind of show his wares this evening. So break down a little bit for tonight's contest. So let's talk about Jameer Gibbs, So I think a lot of people are interested in. First rounder, 12th pick overall, and an exciting running back. Dan Campbell yesterday said, keep your expectations in check. They're going to try to save him for the stretch run. I don't know. I mean, it seems a little weird. I, I you know, I don't know. The Vikings aren't saving Justin Jefferson for the stretch run. No. I, it seems weird to be already talking about saving your rookie running back for the end of the season. You know, maybe it's maybe it's BS because Dan Campbell's full of hot air. But, you know, we'll see. I think David Montgomery, either way, likely gets more work than Gibbs does, and especially at the stripe where he's going to – he'll take over uh, for Jamal Williams' uh, designated touchdown plunge guy. But where Jameer Gibbs can be great tonight. Chiefs allowed the most Always running back receptions and the fourth most running back yards last year. So I think uh, receiving yards. So there's a good chance J- Jameer Gibbs really chips in, Bill, through the air tonight. I was going to say he's got decent hands coming out of the backfield, and I would assume you're going to kind of mm-hmm. showcase him a little bit. And there's no reason to, to me you're not even in the postseason yet. So I would start using him as quickly as possible and take the pressure off of your quarterback. It's always good. I know you got to run charts. I went a little long. Thanks for hanging in there, bud. Uh, and we're it's great to have you back in full football season. Uh, steam ahead, right? You got it, my man. Talk to you next week. Good luck in your guillotine league. Don't get don't be the guy who gets chopped in week one. I know. I've got to start figuring stuff out here because I'm a mess. <laughs> Uh, I'm taking a look at it now. Well, you, look, you survived to like November last year. So, you know, let's just improve on that. If Kelsey's there, I've got a good lineup. If, he, if he's not, then it kind of changes things. So we'll see what happens. Good stuff. All right. Bye-bye. All right, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go. Paul Charchi and, uh, the, from guillotineleagues.com. You can see his stuff there. Guillotineleagues.com. You can still get in. You can play in a weekly. You can get your friends together. Or you can just join a league, whatever it happens to be. Guillotineleagues.com. That's guillotineleagues.com. 
Charge.com. Great to, uh, to talk to Charge. Uh, always good stuff. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got a lot more to get to. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show. We are live. We're in Wausau at Dwayne's Cover It All. And he's got a buddy up here that does some interior work and as far as like rips and tears and little things like that on upholstery and uh, and he there was a little little hole that got punctured into the uh, the, the leather couch uh, here in the RV and uh, my God the job that he did is amazing and and what what Dwayne does up here and the people he brings in it, the stuff is incredible so thanks to Dwayne for taking care of all of that stuff stay tuned we got more of the Bill Michael show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. say thanks to our friends at Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You know I love the Pella Windows and Doors that I have, you know, whether it's the, the just oppressive heat that we had uh, this past weekend, or or that being said, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the cold that's about to come. You know I love my Windows and Doors. Uh, I have for a long, long time. It's, it's fantastic. And uh, the fact that uh, Pella does such an incredible job. They come in, they get the job done. You'd never know they were there. Uh, I had a great experience with them. The patio door that's been installed down in the great room, more economical, keeps that. That room has always been very subject to whatever the temperature was outside, and it's not anymore. Uh, last year when I had that thing done, man, the winter was just, it was different. It was just a completely different space uh, this year. So uh, I can't say enough about it. It's just awesome stuff from our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And if you've got uh, even a thought of uh, preparing your house for what's to come, Get a hold of them, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Again, 855-PELLA-WI. And uh, and check that out because they – or just go to PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com because uh, Pella does an incredible job, incredible job. And the products are second to none with the different innovations, the different styles, whether it's the vinyl, whether it's the impervia, or it's the three different, four different styles of wood windows and doors that they have. There's something for everybody and something for everybody's budget. Check out our friends at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com, PellaWI.com. All right, time to get back to it. We uh, It was great to have Paul Chargian on, but now we got to get back into it, our NFC uh, look uh, run around now because we already did the AFC. Uh, I've got Buffalo. I've got Baltimore. I've got Jacksonville and Kansas City winning their respective divisions. Now it's time to take a look 
at the NFC. Grant, where are we starting? Let's start in the West. All right. And we can maybe get more difficult as we go. The NFC West. Niners minus 165. Seahawks hanging around plus 200. And then it drops off a cliff. Rams plus 1,000. And Cardinals plus 2,700. So the Niners are the clear favorites, but the Seahawks are right there. Maybe maybe we'll disagree on which team wins this division. Bill, I'll ask you first. You can lead off here. Will Kyle Shanahan's gold rush continue with another division title, or will 2023 prove to be fool's gold for the Niners with another team winning the West? I am. I, I still think that they are by far the best team. I, they just have so much talent, and they're so deep, and, and they can do so many different things. I think the 49ers, uh, you know, now again, it, it, you know, you're kind of betting on the Mr. Irrelevant of Brock Purdy. To be able to get the job done. And then if he can't, Sam Darnold is the next guy. But you've got Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Juwan Jennings, and don't forget you have George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, how can you pick anybody but them, even with Brock Purdy at the helm? And now I don't necessarily know that he's going to come back and he's going to be ready to go because there's difference between being in shape and football shape. But Nick Bosa's back. He's happy. You still got uh, that Eric, uh, Eric Armstead uh, up front. You still got Hargrave. You still got Bosa, Greenlaw. I mean, you can't go wrong. I, I just think that that's the team to beat. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. That's the team to beat. As much as I like what Geno Smith did last year and kind of the way, and I hate to give Pete Carroll any kind of credit because I can't stand it, but what Pete Carroll did for Geno Smith, that offense, and the way they played, I still think that that's a tremendous story. But can they do it again? With that question in my head, undoubtedly, I go in the direction of San Francisco winning that division out west. I think you're probably right. I want to find a way to pick the Seahawks. Uh, I just, I like, I all of a sudden like Pete Carroll. Now that Russell Wilson's out of there, I'm, I'm a Pete Carroll fan. I don't know when that happened. That's been a thing in my life that I've had to deal with uh, personally, is now I'm a Pete Carroll guy. The Seahawks, I just think they do a good job and they got all those picks, the, those great picks from the Russell Wilson deal that they added onto the roster this offseason. I'll pick the Seahawks just so we don't pick the same team, but I think the Niners are a great pick as well. We talked about the Cardinals a little bit yesterday, Bill. What about the Rams? What's their deal? They won their Super Bowl, and now they're just cooked. Cooper Cup and Stafford, they're just done? Well, Stafford says he feels great, and we all know, and they picked up, don't forget, they picked up Stetson Bennett to back him up out of Georgia. Um, And Cooper Cup coming back from injury. You still have Van Jefferson. Tutu Atwell is out there. You still got Tyler Higby, so they do have some, you know, Cam Akers is your running back. You know, you do have some weapons, but they don't have the same defense, and they don't have the. Now they did pick up the big left guard Steve uh, Avia. They picked him up. Uh, they've got, but they their their left tackle was not the same. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, what Joe Noteboom is okay, but he's not great. They don't have a strong offensive line. But can Stafford throw it strong more than 20 yards downfield for the weapons that he has? And maybe they make a little noise. Maybe Sean McVay rallies the troops. And I I like Sean McVay. Don't forget, when uh, Michael Floor got let go in New York, McVay picked him up right away. So Matt's brother, Michael Floor, is also the offensive coordinator out there. They still have Raheem Morris as their defensive coordinator. They got a good brain trust of guys running that football team. And I, I, I like them. But I still think they're going to end up being probably a close third, close to second, third-place team. Uh, but we all know the team that is the absolute positive dumpster fire in that division 
uh, with Jonathan Gannon as the head coach taking over that 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 craptastic team. And right now, you've got uh, Joshua Dobbs being your quarterback because remember, you're not even going to get Jalen Hurts or not Jalen Hurts, but uh, Kyler Murray back yet. He's still on the pup list. Maybe that's a good thing. But uh, it, the Arizona Cardinals are a dumpster fire. So they've got Joshua Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs as the starting quarterback there. James Conner, who I, I hope he has a great season because he's a running back on my fantasy team. But, Not a but yeah, but that that team's a dumpster fire. They'll be a dis- They may win four games this year. That's going to be about it for Arizona. They may get four games. That's going to be about it for them. Yeah, I don't I don't see them doing much. The Rams, if they don't have Cooper Cup, I saw today it might be a nerve issue. He was seeing a specialist yeah. in the Twin Cities. That's not great. So, Bill, were you right. able to avoid, not to talk about our fantasy teams, but were you able to avoid both Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup on your fantasy team? Because I didn't end up with either one of them on any teams, and I'm so grateful. Nope. Uh, neither one of them. Uh, neither one of them on any of my fantasy teams. Love that for I'm us. I'm proud to say. That's, yeah. that's tremendous. Yeah. My starting lineup, I got James Conner as my running back. Uh, but San Francisco, I have Elijah Mitchell, which he still could get some run. Oh, absolutely. In that one. I, I do have T. Higgins. Rodgers is under center, but uh, my my guy is Travis Kelsey. And uh, I do have uh, my other tight end, uh, Oko. Oh, I can't remember what the hell is how to pronounce his Jake name. Jake Tight end. Of, uh, yes. Tennessee. Aconquo. Thank you very much. Out of Tennessee, yes. Got him as my uh, my flex position. I don't know why I know how to pronounce that name. Just for whatever. Well, right. that's my job here. That's why I'm here, Bill. You know, that's that's why I'm back here behind the ones and right. twos, and I remember weird names. Let's talk about the uh, the yeah. NFC South. Saints plus one thirty, Falcons plus two ten, Panthers plus three sixty, Buccaneers plus seven fifty. Not really a standalone great team, but the Saints are the favorites. So, Bill, get us started here. The New Orleans Saints will try to honor superfan Jimmy Buffett with a division title this year. But other teams are circling with their fins up. Fins to the left, fins to the right. Bill, who wins the NFC South? Um, I, Boy, that's a great question. I like New Orleans just because. I mean, it's like it's almost by default. You know what I mean? It's like I'm taking New Orleans because. However, however, uh, my close second, Atlanta. I'm with you. I might, I might pick Atlanta. Atlanta straight up. Love the Falcons. Yeah, I think Atlanta very quietly last year started to do some good things. And not a lot of people were paying attention to them. What did they end up with last year? Seven wins? I don't think they were even supposed to get to that many wins last year. They've got Ritter as their new quarterback. I'm looking at Atlanta being the uh, being the close second in that division, and it would not surprise me if Atlanta ends up just kind of having things come together and pull it out and ends up winning that division. But uh, I, if you've got, much like you stated, you and I are Buffett fans, if you've got a sentimental favorite, maybe it's New Orleans. Uh, you know, you've still got Michael Thomas down there at the wideout. Derek Carr is now throwing the passes down there. Don't forget Jamal Williams, the former Packer running back. He left Detroit. He went down there. He took his dance steps, and he's happy. And Chris Olave, who they picked up uh, last year, they still have Rashid Shahid down there as well. They've got some players. They've got some players. So I'm, I, I think they're kind of ready, so to speak. Cameron Jordan over at the defensive end position, they're a solid team. I would say New Orleans is going to be the team to beat, but I think a close second may end up being – 
Ritter and company, the out-of-nowhere quarterback, uh, and uh, Atlanta Falcons end up taking second. Bryce Young's not ready to kind of win that win that thing yet, uh, but Desmond Ritter, who's got Taylor Heineke behind him, although I don't believe in Taylor Heineke, but Desmond Ritter was a decent quarterback when he was at Cincinnati under Luke Fickle, so I'm going mm-hmm. with the Luke Fickle guy to kind of resurrect the Atlanta Falcons. So I- I'm with you on the Falcons. I'm picking the Falcons straight up, but uh, if you are a betting man, if you're looking to bet some futures or follow a team this year, the Saints, this is their schedule of quarterbacks they're going to play this year. Bill, I'm going I'm to list them off real quickly. Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis or whoever the Titans start. Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Mac Jones, Bryce Young again. Trevor Lawrence is probably the best quarterback they'll play all season. And then Anthony Richardson with Indy in what will be you know one of the first dozen starts of his career. Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Ritter, Goff, Bryce Young, Daniel Jones, Stafford, if he's not hurt by that point and then Ritter and Baker Mayfield again. They don't play any good right. quarterbacks. None. Right. Uh, I agree. I agree. I, I'm not – I, I still, like I said, I'm not a Carolina fan. It's like they're going to win. Like New Orleans should win that division almost by default. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We're taking a quick break. We're a little bit late, but we'll come back. We're going to wrap up the rest of the NFC, and uh, also we're going to talk about – Playoff picks, Super Bowl picks, all that kind of good stuff. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. It is coming up, right? Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Before we get back into the NFC and a look at the rest of it, our guy Mike Clemens is standing by live in Green Bay. Mike, uh, no Romeo Dobbs, no Christian Watson yesterday. So uh, what do we got today? Give me some good news. Cloudy, chilly, and there's there's Romeo Dobbs. Roma's out there taking passes, catching passes from Jordan Love and Sean Clifford. We're in 87. He's been out like two weeks, two and a half weeks towards the end of the camp. And they don't really give you injury stuff during camp, but the word was a hamstring. We don't really understand yet what happened to Christian Watson in the last week, something tweaked or whatever, but he wasn't even on the field today, Bill. I mean, that's not like he's not even looking. So he's probably in there getting treatment right now. Bakhtiari not practicing today. And for some reason, he hasn't. Matt hasn't got him in shoulder pads. Why would you not have him in shoulder pads week one for a Thursday practice? So right. we'll be asking about that. Mike, uh, with with no Christian Watson, I mean, two days starting off the <laughs> the practice season for real, you would probably think that he's most likely not going to be playing in this upcoming contest. Then, correct? I mean, he could still show up tomorrow and. And, you know, Friday, they always say, is the most important day anyway. But, man, not being there for two straight, you would assume that uh, this is uh, looking rather bleak for him to be starting against Chicago on Sunday. Not for a hamstring. And, you know, he wasn't in there yesterday. They're practicing right now. Uh, did I get a text from you asking how long practice goes until today? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and, and probably about to about 1 o'clock or so. Can I okay. talk about this thing just a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I think I think most 
fans that listen to us every day, they know kind of about this cat and mouse game that the team does. You know, the, these teams are required to, to talk to the media so that the media can pass along to fans what to anticipate for that week's game and what's going on with the organization. And, you know, these guys, they're trying to run their business. They're trying to, you know, answer the questions or, or, or follow the league guidelines. So, you know, when I started this 20, 25 years ago, you go to practice. And then after practice, Mike Holmgren would talk or Mike Schirmer would talk. And if there was a little fight or a scuffle or a tremendous play, um, you could ask Coach about, hey, what happened in that play during practice today? It was great. And then he would get done. And then maybe there'd be a little break and you go in the locker room and you'd be in the locker room for an hour or two or so and casually talk to players and sort of gather what's going on with the team on that particular day. Fast forward to the last couple of years of Mike McCarthy, where the team and under Ted, under Ted Thompson, for the most part, they'd be trying, trying to become more and more tighter about information about mm -hmm. what the injury is, where it is, how it happened, who, what, why, where, and how because they just felt that that's competitive information that you don't want your opponent to know. I know that some of these coaches, now that every these, all these teams, they, they post the press conferences of, of their players and coaches, well, these coaches are sitting in their office watching it to see what the other players from the team they're going to face are like, what's going on in their head, what, if there's any little thing that they can pick up that might have been mentioned in a team meeting. So they changed the structure where, McCarthy would come out, he would talk before practice, and he'd say, hey, is, you know, Romeo Dobbs has been out the last couple of weeks. Is he going to be out there today? Oh, you know, I haven't talked to the trainer yet. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then they'd go to have practice, and then, oh, wow, look, he's back today. Obviously, he must have cleared the trainer. Um, and then after practice, then they open up the locker room immediately. Then you talk to players. And then in the in recent couple of years, uh, when they close the doors of the locker room, then they tell you, oh, yeah, that one, uh, you know, uh, tackle, we cut him about an hour ago. So, so now you got to wait another 24 hours before you get teammates' reaction like, hey, did you know this guy was getting cut? So this week, Bill, yesterday we had practice, a little bit later practice, it's a 325 kick, and then LeFleur talked right after practice. And he gets up to the podium and he says, all right, uh, here's the injuries. Uh, not per participated today were Romeo Dobbs. We got Christian Watson, uh, David Bakke. He's reading off the injuries like most of the other teams in the NFL do. And then he took questions for like 15 minutes. Uh, they started opening up the locker room simultaneously. But they assured us that Jordan would not talk until after LaFleur was done at the podium. So we wouldn't miss any of Jordan Love. But all I can think of is, well, first of all, there's parts, there's times where Matt LaFleur is very blunt and very honest. And there's a lot of things that he doesn't care. He wouldn't mind talking about. He doesn't care. There's a lot of these coaches that don't care. If you watch Kyle Shanahan up at the 49ers and you ask him what's going on with, you know, uh, George Kittle's ankle or whatever, he's practically showing you x-rays. I mean, he talks about right, exactly right. what's going on. And these guys are almost like, you know, hockey coaches. Yeah, it's an upper body. You know, with the injuries. So yesterday, Matt LaFleur goes after practice, gives us a list of injuries, uh, takes the questions, and then the, the, the locker rooms open simultaneously. And, and so at the end of the day, 
I'm, I, he's always up against the clock these days under the CBA. You are limited to how long the workday is for these players. I think he's just figured, you know, why am I doing this in the morning? Um, I can pick up 15 minutes if I get this stuff all done post-practice. So I'll talk to the reporters. The players will talk to the reporters. And then we can get on to our afternoon meetings. And I just got, I just bought back 15 minutes of time. So when I asked the top PR people, why are we doing this? He goes, I, I don't know. Just, you know, <laughs> they're not, he's not telling them. Isn't that interesting? Or, he, or else yeah. they're not telling But that's the steady flow of information. That's what the way they're doing. And on top of that today, no shoulder pads. So I'm just, I, I can't help but tell you I'm scratching my head a little bit. You know, I don't even know where to begin. Um, you know, when you talk about the trickle of information, they've always been, like, unbelievably secretive. And yet, is it the fact – well, Mike, I don't even know. I, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of scratching my head on this. I, I guess more on-the-field stuff, if you want to go in that direction, uh, is it concerning Bakhtiari not practicing? I mean, this is your first week of practice. He, like you had mentioned, he very rarely practiced, wasn't at family night, not at the first Wednesday practice. No Bakhtiari again. I mean, is this? do you feel that there's more to the, than, than meets the eye here, or is it really they're just really saving him? Uh, no, no I, I still think it's the base explanation from David Bakhtiari. The left knee decides when I play. <laughs> you know? It's how's it doing today, and it's day to day, and they, you know, and if they have certain indications and certain symptoms, then it, then it's a go no go situation. And now he was out there yesterday on an exercise bike inside the Hudson Center, so it wasn't like he was you know getting treatments and drained or God knows what else. But um, maybe David will talk tomorrow. Maybe David will talk tomorrow and let us know. On the meantime, um, you're driving the Bears crazy because they're trying to figure out, well, who's going to be playing left tackle, and that might change their <laughs> mind on, you know, hey, let's test Rasheed Walker, where otherwise we wouldn't bother our time if Bakhtiari is out there. Hey, with this game, so it's great. If Romeo Dobbs can get some snaps in there, that, that helps with the game plan. But I couldn't help but think well, when, when we kind of were shocked, like, what? No Christian Watson or Dobbs? Good Lord, those are the only two experienced receivers you got. What are you going to do? Right. You remember that game we covered a few years ago, and this was under LaFleur, where they were short of receiver two. So remember they lined up Aaron Jones wide. He had a big yeah. play that flipped the game. Or Rodgers, remember that tremendous weird little pass he had in the red zone and hit Jamal Williams in the back of the end zone for mm-hmm. a go-ahead touch? Right. I mean, and so that was that was my question yesterday. First thing for Jordan Love, I said, well, "How's your chemistry with Aaron Jones these days?" And he goes, "Good, but we need to get that guy on the field more often to work out those routes." So, you know, and and Aaron Jones has, has even said, you know, even on, on on NFL Network one time he said, "Yeah, I, you know, I'm available to be a pass catcher. I can go, you know, line up wide left and and run some routes and that kind of thing." Now, whether or not they give that to him, we'll see uh, on Sunday. And the other thing is, did you guys have a chance to hear A.J. Dillon's comments yet? Yeah. Yeah, we played it a little bit earlier. I mean, I'm telling you, Bill, it's there. It's there. I mean, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon 
you know, might be Aaron Jones last year. AJ is going into his contract year. AJ Dillon is that hard running quadzilla guy, that bull kind of guy. And, and maybe last year he didn't quite have the season he should. And then he even gives up this, these this thought to us earlier this summer that, you know, even my wife said, you know, you're not running like the guy that came out of Boston college. You got to run with more reckless abandon and be, be more physical when you carry that football. And so then, then they're running it with all those extra snaps in the preseason, right. which was kind of, kind of weird. Right. And then that story comes out about Jonathan Taylor, you know, and that the Packers right. inquired and I'm telling you, it, it's messed with them. Forget about all that stuff. Like, Hey, you know, it's a business. You can be replaced any day. Uh, it's, it's there. It's, it's yeah. awkward. It is. I mean, but Aaron Jones is 28 and AJ Dillon's 25 and Jonathan is 24. I mean, I, and, and Goody Kins, you know, said, look, you know, Aaron Jones is the heart and soul of his team. Uh, AJ Dillon, regardless, is a part of our plan. Okay. And it'd be a great addition, a great marketing thing for the team. Um, if Jonathan Taylor could have come here and you, you're dealing with Jim Ursay, who's a nut for an owner. Right. Chris Ballard's level-headed general manager does a nice job scouting, I think, in, in getting some of the players that he gets. But maybe, yeah, obviously, Green Bay just thought, you know, who knows if if Ursay is that nuts and that excited to, to just maybe move on or something because he can't come to terms with this guy, then you know maybe we get get it for a steal. It never happened, but you know it puts a little. Here you thought you had this one-two running back combination that's going to support Jordan Love in his first year as a starter, and you put that little stink bomb into the locker room. Right. <laughs> well, you know, Mike, and we've talked about that, that that maybe lights the fire uh, under him, and maybe all of a sudden he comes out and runs with reckless abandon. I, I can see that happening. And, again, if you make that deal and you think that Aaron Jones may or may not be back, or, or maybe if you have the one-two punch of Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylor, and Jonathan Taylor wants to be paid as the number one, and – I mean, there's so many different scenarios that could possibly happen with all of that. But uh, if anything, much like you said, it's there. It's hanging over their heads, and they know that the Packers are thinking about something different down the road, and these guys could possibly be running for a contract coming into next season. You would assume that things, at least competition breeds success, at least that's the old adage, you would assume that things are going to be really good, right? You know what? That is an excellent point that I didn't even think about. Hey. If it gets out, then you send a little motivation to your locker room as well. Stop being yeah. comfortable, okay? Stop thinking like, oh, boy, they need me now because Aaron Rodgers has left. No, not necessarily. <laughs> you know, not necessarily. It's your, it is your contract here? Okay, well, prove it to us. So, listen, A.J. Dillon is as, as solid a guy as there is, and you, and you think that maybe – well, you know, the children's book and this mayor, Dork County stuff. Gee, this guy's been running for getting re-signed for three years. He's almost like politicking for it, you know. Hey, you, would, you wouldn't yeah. cut the guy that is this plugged into the community, but it's genuine. I mean, it's right. genuine. He comes from a good, a good family, a great college. He gets drafted by the Packers. He is a talented, bold, you know, kind of runner. They don't have very long careers in the NFL. Ask all the other – ask Zeke Elliott over there, you know, now with right. the Patriots, yeah. right? And and so that's all legit. It's all legit. He he moves to Green Bay uh, of 
uh, starts dating this beautiful woman. They get married. They have this storybook wedding. They are he really does enjoy this whole area and this whole market. Yeah. And and you know he'll be up front. I may say end up someplace else. Who knows? Uh, let's do this because uh, we've got to take a quick break. You want to hang, Mike? For uh, well, let's do this. Uh, we'll, we'll cut you off and then uh, and then we'll uh, we'll bring you back for the uh, full hour tomorrow. You want to do that? Let's do that. Okay, perfect. Good stuff, Mike. Appreciate it as always, pal. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. I know we're late. Got to get back at it. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. We're at the top of the hour. We're going to get, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. And then from there, we're going to get uh, back into the NFC. I promise you this because uh, we went a little bit long with Mike Clemens, but uh, we're going to get back in to the rest of the NFC. And then we still have to make our picks as we'll go through what we've already done. We'll pick uh, the NFC North. We'll pick the NFC East. We'll get that taken care of. And then we'll get into the postseason and then ultimately who the Super Bowl winners are and uh, the representatives from each conference coming up here in just a little bit. But great stuff from our guy, Mike Clemens. So Romeo Dobbs back at practice, Christian Watson not. No David Bakhtiari, which is uh, a little bit more than concerning at this point. So a lot to get to. A lot to get to. Stay tuned. Well, another hour yet to go. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.